What's up, everybody? It's Michael Nettemeyer here with Joe Geary, and we are your host of the Whitwin Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. This is the podcast where sales professionals are made. Today, we wanted to do something a little bit different. We actually, I wanted to interview Joe Geary because he's one of our hosts here on the podcast. And the reason I wanted to interview him is because he's having a lot of success in the real estate realm. He's a young guy. He's 20 years old, been in the industry less than a year. And he's already setting a lot of appointments. So, Joe, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. I mean, what made you want to get into real estate? It's a good question. So I've really wanted to be in real estate since I was in high school. I saw the potential for it. I saw that there was limitless ways to make money and have passive income in real estate. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do first. I wanted to invest, but I know you have to have money or at least courage. And I didn't have a lot of courage to jump into investing right away. So I kind of put that on the back burner and figured that probably real estate sales or becoming a realtor would be the easiest way to get into real estate. And I'd probably learn the most knowledge, basically getting into real estate first as a realtor. So that's basically how I got into real estate and kind of what caused me to become a realtor versus starting out in investing. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because I actually started the opposite. So I got into real estate, as most people know that listen to this, and kind of saw it as at that time in real estate, didn't really see it as a vehicle to my success. And it's funny, looking back now, had I known what I know now back then, I would have, done this, I would have totally yeah. switched it over. But I got into flipping, investing, doing all that, which was great. I learned a ton. But I also think now, like, where could my real estate career be today had I started back in 2005 when I first got into it? Right, instead of waiting five, six, seven years to kind of shift into this. So that's interesting. So you've been doing a great job at taking a lot of listings. You're taking a lot of residential listings. You're taking commercial listings. You're taking high dollar listings. You've got an appointment tomorrow for one over a million dollars or on Sunday. Uh, you're taking stuff 500000 600000 So you're doing great. I mean, you're knocking it out of the park. And, and what do you attribute your success to, uh, to being able to do all that in such a short period of time, less than a year? I mean, most realtors, the average realtor sells three homes a year. You've more than you know made five times that already, six times that already, uh, in in the first five months of the year, and and as well as having 15, 20 listings now. I mean that's unheard of for a lot of realtors. So what do you contribute your success to? I'd say mostly discipline and consistency. Those are probably the two biggest things. And if you don't have those, and you're not going to succeed, I mean you might see a little bit of success, but it's going to fall off very quickly. Those two things are going to keep you going and keep the ball rolling consistently, nonstop. Because with discipline, you can be motivated. One day, the next day, you can have no motivation, just lay in bed and not want to get up, not make any calls, not do anything. Motivation doesn't matter at that point. It's discipline because there's going to be many days where you don't feel like doing a thing, but you have to get up anyway, get dressed, get after it, make your calls, do script practice. It's discipline is the most part because that's why a lot of realtors fail, I believe. I think it's discipline or the lack of discipline. A lot of realtors just don't feel like doing stuff, so they'll go several days or weekends without making a call, without picking up a phone, without making a contact. And that's what really hurts you because then you fall into these ruts Mm -hmm. and you quit producing. Agreed. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think that's great you brought that up, discipline. Because I think think there's two types of realtors. Some people that they just don't know what to do and other people that know what to do, but they're just not committed to doing it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I most definitely agree. And I think that's like I said, where some people will experience some success, but then it just falls off completely because mm-hmm. they, they get a taste of it, but they don't fully figure out the habits to keep right. it going completely. And it's probably because like the two types, the people that don't know what, if you don't know what to do, you need to get yourself into an environment, an environment that's going to teach you what to do. And if you do know what to do and you're just not doing it, or you do it a little bit here and you're taking average levels of action on it, 
you need to figure out what's really important to you because you're absolutely right. You can have a really good month and let's say somebody makes 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever, great month and they don't make anything the next month because they take their foot off the gas and nothing the next month. And it's because they don't have that big enough like reason why they're doing it, pushing them to hit your goal. So what would you say, I mean, what's your reason for wanting to do this? I mean, what's your reason for showing up every day for lead generating? We wear tie, suit and ties every day. I mean, that's unheard of in our industry. Like it's gone so, so average and casual now where what's kind of your, what's motivating you every single day to get in here and do what you're doing every single day? I'd say probably the biggest motivation for me is just, I don't want to be like, be like a lot of people like that, that are surrounded by, I don't want to be like the 99% of people because I think I'd establish my mindset. So it's so far away from the people that are average that I just can't see myself being like them. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I don't put in the work then I'm not going to be like the 1%, I'm going to be like the 99%. And I just feel like I don't fit in with those people. So I need to put in the work so I can be that 1% yeah. where I feel like I belong. That's awesome. I think that's cool. I don't think a lot of people think that way. I think a lot of people want it. I don't think yeah. they, they have the skill, they don't have the discipline to do it though, which is unfortunate because anybody say, can like, do it. Yeah, I'd say mindset's probably the biggest thing because if you don't have your mind right, you can put in all the work, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your mindset's the most important thing before you even start doing the work. It is, and, and it's a belief that you can do it because I think that's the big thing too is that like this industry, any sales industry, you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. You're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. And if you can get your mindset, we talked about that in an earlier podcast about hardening your mind, right? In that David Goggins book. Because I think that's so crucial that you've got to have the mindset right. But if you don't have the mindset right, you're probably not going to succeed in this industry. So you're 20 years old, right? You've been in less than a year. You started when you were 19. 19. Yeah. 20. Just recently 20, turned yeah. 20. Longer right. teenager. So what challenges do you feel you're faced with given your age? Because you're young, right? And you look young. Yeah. Yeah, I'm young. You, know, you don't look like a 40-year-old. You look like a 20-year-old. Uh, what's your nickname that uh, Lauren Lunder calls you? Jojo Bean. Jojo Bean and the Baby, baby Face, face Assassin. assassin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> got a couple of nicknames. So, so you look young. So you're 20 years old. What What are some challenges that you feel that maybe you're faced with or, or maybe some things that you thought you would be faced with when you first got into this? So definitely was a big excuse, not necessarily an excuse, but a big hurdle for me at the beginning because I was trying to get over the fact that I'm so young and I feel, felt like no one's going to believe in me. No one's going to want to work with me. I'm just a young kid that literally just graduated high school. Who's going to trust me or want to work with me? But then I got over that because I kept practicing the scripts every day. Mm -hmm. I dressed up. I think that's one, a huge thing. You need to dress up and look like you know what you're doing and that you're an actual professional and not just look like you're a bum who just woke, out of, woke up out of bed and just put on the first thing that they saw. Yeah. I think you need to dress up every day. And if you continually practice over and over again and go on any single appointment, show any single house that you came to the very beginning, because that's where you'll build the confidence. Just over time, repetition after repetition, even if you have to drive 40, 45 minutes away just to show one house, at least you're showing a house and you're getting the experience of opening the door, you know, getting into the lockbox, showing the house, getting to know your buyers, building rapport. You get that experience that helps you in the long run because over and over again, after you show a house 15 times, you feel like you're a pro. It's not even like, you're not even worried about it at all. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. So, so what you're saying is, one, look the part. Yeah. Commit to your scripts, practice, and then take any appointment you can get. Right, because that's what building you're building rep. You're getting reps, even if it's five thousand dollars or yeah. twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Take it because it's going to give you confidence. I mean, right. at first I thought, oh, it's forty thousand dollars. I don't want to mess with it, but I mean, it's money. You're going to get paid on it. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're going to build a lot of experience. 
Plus, if you do a great job, they might give you a referral. So exactly. it's going to build your business no matter what. Doesn't matter the price point. And, and you know, and the cool thing is too, like those forty thousand dollar deals, the little guys that we, we sell occasionally. That's I started the same way, but they're typically the hardest deals you can do. Like I, I kind of like them honestly, just because it teaches you a ton of stuff exactly. and it gets you ready to take on anything. Basically, yeah, exactly. It makes a seven hundred thousand dollar sale a piece of cake. Because those little ones are, are really tough. And I mean, I totally relate with what you're saying because I was 23 when I got into real estate. And same exact thing. I was like, okay, I have $6 in my checking account. I've never owned a house. Right? I know nothing really about home ownership. Like, how are people going to, how am I going to be perceived uh, to people when, when I basically I couldn't even afford a home loan back then? Anyways, right out of college, tons of student loan debt. And what I did was the same thing suit and tie every day, dress the part, look the part, showed up every day. Would, would commit to, when I would go on a showing, I would over-prepare for it. So, and I know you do the same thing. Over-prepare for it, meaning like, if I was gonna go show a house, I was gonna have several other homes that were similar to it that I could also show that client. I was gonna make sure I had comparables in the area, knowing exactly what homes are selling for, just become an expert in that area so I could just inundate that client with data. When they ask, well, how do you think it's priced? I could say, well, the one right down the street sold for X. The one right here just went under contract. It was listed at this, it was on 14 days. Just have all of that data and that knowledge because that makes you look like an area expert and a pro. And now people think, well, yeah, they're young, but you know what? They, they seem to be committed to their profession. They seem to know what they're doing. Right? That was probably my biggest fear, too, when I started out. Just people asking me, hey, how old are you? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, hey, oh, I'm a, only a teenager and you're twice or three times my age. So that was probably my biggest fear. And I actually got asked that question quite a bit in the beginning, probably because I I lacked a lot of confidence and didn't know exactly what I was doing. But come three or four months down the road, I have never gotten asked that question since. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that used to happen to me too when I was younger. Not because even when I was younger, it was because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So when I would go on appointments, people would ask, how long have you been doing this? Once I fully committed to the profession and dialed in my scripts and had my pitch right and had everything right, nobody ever asked it again. Because you feel you come across with so much confidence and you're conveying a message that you know what you're doing, that, that objection goes out, that goes out the window. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're 20 like you or if you're 50, if you're brand new to this thing and you're going to appointments, you're like, um, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, and you're, yeah, I'll have to find that out. Let me ask it. If you don't have that, if you can't convey that confidence, people are going to ask, how long have you been doing this? You know, and you could be 50 years old and at least look like you've been doing it forever and you're brand new and they're going to know because you haven't practiced your, you haven't sharpened your skill set enough to be able to go on and deliver that thing with confidence. And that's why it's extremely important too, because because same way you you always had the discipline of making the calls, and you were on another team prior to this, right? I'm not trying yeah. to toot our team our team's horn here, but you were on another team and you were making the calls but not having a whole lot of success. I think a big part of that was I was the only one on that team actually trying to get it every day. Yeah, everybody else was just relying on past business or referrals. They weren't actually trying to grow their business and get out of the comfort zone, actually grow this thing. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of like settling with what they could. Maybe they came into the office once a week and make some calls, but it wasn't consistent, like grinding the X every day. Yeah. Like, like I like to do. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so being in that environment where you just kind of felt like you're on a team, but kind of alone. Yeah. In a sense, not a, whole lot of, not a whole lot of guidance, right? Not a whole lot of like, here, let's critique, let's practice, let's do this here, try this. There wasn't a whole lot of that, right? Yeah, no competition, whatever. I was right. way up here and uh-huh. everybody else was just yeah, way, exactly. way below me. So, so environment matters. It's kind of where I'm going with that. Environment matters. If you're not in the right environment, you need to get in the right environment. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to push you to be better. 
Not that they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, you're great. You're a rock star. That's such a term. I hate that term. It's overused in our industry. Everybody's a rock star. You know, oh, you're a rock star because you held an open house. Well, no, you're not. You know, when you become a rock star is when you fully commit to your profession. And I'd say another thing, too, is if you're 100 miles ahead of everybody on your team, then you're probably on the wrong team yeah. because you're not – there should be competition. There should be someone right behind you mm-hmm. who's trying to catch you every day. Mm-hmm. It should be like a battle every day. Who's going to be number one? You shouldn't be 100 miles ahead of everybody. Everybody should just be way behind, right. moving slow. You need to find a new team then or surround yourself with people that are going to push you to grow more. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Same thing with your social sphere. If you're the richest of your friends, you need to find more friends. You know, if you've got the most money out of your peer group, you need to find people that have more money than you because those people, that, and you don't have to get rid of those friends, but you need to start surrounding yourself with people that have more money because that'll push you to want to get more. I'd say that goes hand in hand with being young too because you're going to find too, right out of high school, right out of college, you're going to have a bunch of friends that have super poor habits that they haven't even adapted since high school, basically. They're doing the same thing they were in high school. 30 years from now, they're probably going to be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. except they'll have a job and they'll make $40,000 a year. Right. That's the only difference they're going to be. They're going to have the same mindset, do the same. They'll still be smoking weed every day. They'll still be drinking in their garage. It's going to be the same thing. They're not going to improve at all. So you can either choose to hang around those people still or just cut them off and find people that are going to help you grow and actually force you to grow. That's, that's a good what point. I, that's what I'd say really about that part. I agree with that. And, and so what keeps you motivated? You know, because we know up and down business, it's sales, right? You can, you, you've got to build the pipe and you're still starting out getting your business off the ground. What's keeping you motivated every day? I just said like building momentum and just having that zero option mentality where if you don't succeed at this, mm-hmm. then I don't know what I'd do really. Right. I'd probably just, I, I really just don't have a plan B. It's just having a plan A and that's your only plan. That's the only thing you can focus on. You can, failure's not even an option. You have to succeed. That's I think huge. that's kind of what motivates me. I think that's huge because a lot of people have like a plan B. They're like, well, I could go and do this or I'll go get this part-time job. And if you've ever, rich dad, ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they talk about when you take a part-time job, you're, you're not fully committed to your profession. So what happens is people take a second job and they start working a second job and they're still trying to do their first job, but they're taking a second job now to kind of pay the bills. And then maybe they take a third job. And what happens is they're just getting by and they never fully committed to one thing to really make it happen. So I think that's a great point. There is no plan B for you. This And that's the same with me. There is really no plan B. It's, it's either make this or I don't know. Just be broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So if, if you were to give some advice to somebody just starting out, either like a young person just out of high school, a young person just out of college, or even somebody that's uh, maybe like you know in a second or third career now and they're just getting into real estate, but they're just starting out, what advice would you give that person? I mean, I'd say first and foremost to get your mind right. If your mind's not right, you can do all the activities necessary and you might see a little bit of success, but it's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be long term and you're not going to increase your income exponentially like you could if you actually have your mind right and you're willing to put in the work and make sure your mindset's the best that it can be and you're constantly growing every day. That's actually one of our core values here at the Necker is always be learning because if you cut that off, then you're production and your levels of action are just going to drop drastically because you need to always be pushing yourself to grow. And if you don't do that, then your production is not going to grow in real estate or in any other areas of your life if you're not constantly pushing and pursuing to grow. I like that. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, most people don't do that. You know, the average person, uh, the average person reads one book a year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? One book a year. That means there's, I don't know, millions, hundreds of millions, billions, whatever that don't read anything. So if you read two books a year, you're 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, several thousand miles ahead of everybody. Exactly. Just reading. And reading is the best thing you can do to kind of expand your mindset because you model and learn after other people that have done it before you. And that's what's so cool about our company, too, is that you can take people and learn from other people's experiences, other people's failures, and help you grow. So I love that. Commit to that. Commit to being great. Commit to getting your mindset right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. This is Joe Geary. He's on path to make $100,000. He's 20 years old. You know, if you're 20 years old or 19 or 21 or 30, 40, doesn't matter your age, and that's something that you want to strive for to hit a six-figure income, your first year in real estate can totally happen. Give us a call, 636-675-8255, 636-675-8255, or you can email us at info at the netgroup.com. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. See you us. next time.